This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited today. I have a plethora of human flesh sitting around me. No, I have not become a serial killer. We are doing an octagon table discussion today. I have more people around this table than I've ever had before. And I'm very excited about that because it means that we are for sure going to get to the bottom of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't mean that in a way like exhaustive. I mean, no, we're probably going to reach the bottom pretty quick (laughs) with some Hey, it's not (laughs) self-deprecation when you join in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. Now I'm just attacking your character. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. Uh, So it is, we are taping this on Tuesday, December 4th, Mm -hmm. I do believe. Mm -hmm. It is still the beginning of December. There is still some hope for this month. Don't know how long it'll last. (laughs) 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 I personally am very enthusiastic about the holidays this year. I have got the lighting up already. We're getting a tree this weekend. I am, I'm just, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. Folks, I'm going to win Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to win the Christmas. The war against. Yeah well, yeah. well, maybe just a skirmish or two. We'll I don't battle. know. We'll take a battle. Yes. Uh, so uh, there are quite a few voices around here. So I thought we would go around and uh, let people say hi. Uh, to my direct left, which uh, for people listening to this means nothing to you, but I don't care, uh, is the fantabulous Rick Overton. Welcome, Rick. Thanks for having me, Gil. It's always great to be back at the Septagon. Sextagon. <laughs> Sextagon. Well, Sextagon. Sextagon. Well, yeah, technically the table is an octagon. And uh, six but, talking, one working. Uh, yes, but and there's always Elijah. there's always that so uh welcome rick it's always fabulous to have you here great to be here thanks uh check me out on um no not this later (laughs) (laughs) boy he was gonna do it so smoothly i know i know right into the the professionalism that's very interesting people we're just saying hi right now just so people identify voices oh Good. Well, I hope we leave this part in. That's terribly awkward. Oh, we're always going to leave it in. We leave everything in here. Great. There's no editing in my world. Even better. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) And to Rick's left is a new addition to the Octagon Table, which is Fiona Goodwin. Welcome, Fiona. Thank you, Kelly. I'm delighted to be here. I'm going to treat this a little bit like there's an English show called Just a Minute. It's my favorite show. Oh. Where you talk for a minute solidly. And that's what I'm going to be doing right now. Because I know that this is the only time I'm actually going to get a chance to speak. So I'm just going to keep going, make the most of it. And uh, it's my minute up yet. So 15 gonna... seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Failed. My favorite British radio show is In uh-huh. These Times. Oh, yeah. The history one. Right. And I like it because he's got an agenda, the guy. And like when the historians don't say the thing he wants to say, he goes, say the thing about, you know, the Battle of Hastings that I want you to say. It's my favorite. I love that show. Uh, this show is nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> and across the table from me, uh, which means, like I said, not, absolutely nothing to you, to the people who are listening, is a person who does mean something very much to me, Dylan Brody. Hello, Kelly Carlin. I'll good be morning. playing the part of Dylan Brody for the remainder of the show. That'll be good. Uh, you can catch Rick Overton. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not doing that <laughs> oh, yet. Man, oh, man. No. Oh, God. One mistake uh, becomes a thousand. <laughs> no, no, no. Now they're picking on me. They're not picking on you. They're picking on me. <laughs> 
Thanks for being here, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Thanks it's, for getting a dog sitter. It's I, you know Twice. what? They love their dog sitter. They oh, love their dog sitter, and they're delighted when I spend money so that they can go hang out for a day oh. in an apartment with 120 dogs. Oh. 12, 12 dogs. <laughs> 12 dogs in this guy's apartment. It's wonderful. In the apartment? Yeah, we, you know, we tried like professional looking dog sitters where yes. they have a clean space that feels like a vet's office. Yeah. And the dogs would come home and they would want to play. That's not how it should no, be after day of dogs. You need them to be tired. And then we've met this guy at the dog park who who sits for dogs and they just love him. When he shows up, if they're at the dog park, they will ignore us and go to play with him and hang out in the pack. Oh, that's good. Um they 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 So love they're happy Adam. right now. They're very happy right now. Uh, and later they will come home and they will sleep. Oh, this and is that, a good thing. On days when there's a dog sitter, I get to write. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Well, there you go. <laughs> this works out very well then today. Uh, and uh, to my right, over two people, is the artistic, kooky, big-hearted Chris Bono. Welcome, Chris. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris. Hello. I don't know if I can live up to those dull, stilted words. I had like 52 words to pick God from, and I was trying you. to be very specific I like in my. Made, it made me, I, f I am just a big beating heart. You are. I am. You are. Uh, that's a little gassy. With a good heart. It's like a little gassy. Well, yeah. Um, People can find my. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Well, Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, Chris, here I'll tell you, you something. Okay, Physics-wise, yes. stars are gassy. Oh, you know Ooh. what? You never looked at it the right way. Wow. That's what Billy Joel said. Good reframe. Feel the burn. <laughs> I remember hearing him. <laughs> hey, man, now you're a big star. What are you doing? Hey, what's a big star? Just a ball of gas. Gas. Thank you, Billy. I love that. Glad to be here. Thank you, Kelly. Always love to have you. And on my direct right is the gray-clad... Shoes that I want, hat that I may steal by the end of the day. <laughs> Fantastically, give this woman a writing job. Thank you. Erin Brown. <laughs> Hi, Cal. Hi, Erin. I just want to let you know I'm going to jet out of here right before the end so I keep my hat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your excuse. Oh, we're out of time. Yeah, that sorry. Was it. Everybody, Rick Overton. Wonderful scene. Uh, so uh, we are tackling today the word, the idea, the thought, the concept of courage. <gasps> <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm an I love the etymology. So, um, and if you don't know this. I'm no, sure you do. I'm sure you know this that. already, people. <laughs> but the word courage comes from the Latin core, C-O-R, and then, of course, Old French, courage, which means it's denoting the heart as the seat of feeling. So courage actually has to do with heart. It has to do with passion. It has to do with the fire inside of oneself. And there are many, many, many ways to say it. You know, there's bravery and there's block, block, there's pluck and there's valor and there's nerve and daring and audacity and boldness and grit. Grit's a little different, but I like that word I, grit too. I would say each of those is a little different. Of course, because that's why they are actually separate words. Right, right. Thank <laughs> you. Why else I'm would we idiot. have them? <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah. They're part of a recipe. I think bravery is performative. Uh, so bravery, performative meaning like uh, because it's a is it action oriented? Bravery has to do with people's perception of courage as opposed to the actual act of courage. Courage can go unnoticed. Oh. 
bravery is you always something about that's it. Perceived. Is more of a public yeah. uh, reflection of one's courage. Yeah. Interesting. I would so say it's so. like you live it daily. You're living courage. You're doing brave yes. things. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're living courage. You're doing bravery. I like that. No, well, that's, you know, yeah. I, that's the thing about knights as a little kid. I would hear a knight's gig was you get on a horse and you just ride around and help people. Yeah. And it's interesting. There's two things out of the UK that blew my mind as a kid. It was knights, which, of course, was the myth of knights more than their mm-hmm. actual Ronin-like service, you know. But I would say then after that, it was uh, Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Right. They built this multi-billion dollar organization on an island that just flies around with no <laughs> weapons and helps people. This guy's hanging off a lighthouse because the wind blew him off the lighthouse. <laughs> They're going to send this $3 billion hover jet to go pick him up because <laughs> they could hear his cries of help with a satellite that hears cries of help. And uh, I, I'd never seen a giant budget thing that was just rescuing people and not shooting up the place. In fact, that's the only time I've seen that. So, wow. so... So what you're talking about also, though, is, and I, I can't think of the word right now, but it's it's about the being of service to people. Yeah. So how, but but what we're talking about here, which I think there is courage in that, um, but what is your own personal definitions of courage? What does courage mean to you? And is there a time in your life when uh, you've had to call upon your courage. Because for me, courage means doing something <clears throat> even though I'm afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Yes. That would be the definition of I'd yeah, say courage. you're the embodiment of it when you break away from the shadow of your father's reputation so that if you do any artistic endeavor, you know you're not just going by a metric of your own. You're being measured against his work, the last name of his work, and, and you've transcended that, which to me is uh, enormously courageous to step out of so great a shadow. Oh, well, thank you, Rick. That's very kind of you. And I would say that anybody who takes up the act of expression in the world that doesn't fit into the box that our culture or society or our families want to put us in unconsciously or consciously absolutely takes courage because expressing ourselves is fucking scary. I mean, unless you're like a narcissistic psychopath. <laughs> even then, yeah, right, right. even then, take it from me. <laughs> take it from me. Take it from me. I don't think it's something that we can help. I think that that after the event, someone says to you, "You've been so brave. You're mm. so courageous." But in the moment, you have <clears throat> you have no idea that you're being brave. You're just being you. That's a really interesting take on that too. I I agree. And I think there are times when there is a an edge in one's personal life and you want to do something different in your personal or professional life and you have to push through the edge of it and that takes courage, but I I love that other distinction where because I've gotten that I mean certainly when I did my solo show and people would say, you know, you know, and I would admit that I've like had abortions or that I was an addict or whatever it is. And people say, oh, that's so brave of you. That's so courageous. Um, but for me, it felt like if I don't tell this story and speak about all of who I am, something dies inside of me. So it didn't, f- I mean, it felt courageous a little bit, but it really felt like survival mode too. Or, mm-hmm. but, but that is interesting when people perceive your bravery and when and then internally you're like i'm just 
doing me. I, I think that people, when they look at someone, I'm talking so much, aren't I? Look at that. Look at, look at you. How much I'm talking. I'm really so proud, proud of you. you. I guess you're wrong. You're courageous. I know. Wrap it up, You're so courageous to interrupt all of us. Thank you. Yes. I'm so sorry people can't actually see me right now. What is microphone? We will work on that next. I can see you. Can you? You're not You're not invisible. No, I was talking to them. Okay, so. I can see the real you. I almost did a spit No, I lost it. I should never have gone off on that. Of you. Right, so I'm going to keep going. Okay, yes. So I think that when people look at courage, like, you know, I watch these things on YouTube obsessively of people are doing brave things. You know, there's a million of them. And I cry and I go, oh my God, that's so brave. And I think I'm going to be really whatever. I think that people are seeing a quality and energy that is almost separate from us, which comes through us, which is <laughs> uh, somehow we have chosen. I'm, I, I agree with you, Kelly, the idea of doing a show. I mean, I have moments when I think, I think watching uh, The View and, and possibly Quantico at home would be a far better option than <laughs> doing a one-person show. <laughs> and yet, there is something in me that will not let me stay at home and watch The View. And Qu I do. I manage to do it all. <laughs> you are a renaissance. <laughs> But there's something in me that I cannot deny, which I almost cannot take credit for. Yeah. And there is that feels like that energy moving through through you. It goes back to what you were saying originally, heart. How mm. it's like mm. it's in your heart, you know, and other people's perceptions. And like, I – It's also like a choice, mm. even if it's mm -hmm. conscious or unconscious, you know. Um, it could be small. And I think a lot of it is a trust factor, mm -hmm. you know, like just – Honoring your heart and trusting that it's all going to be okay, whatever that means. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like the, a release. It's a it, and like trusting that whatever this thing I'm afraid of is probably, I would say, ninety nine percent of the time made up in our heads. That, mm -hmm. That's actually what I told myself uh, before I went into the mall on Black Friday. <laughs> this fear I have is it's just all in my head. How'd that go for you? I got a jacket. Oh nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> you were gonna say, Dylan, I'm sorry. I was gonna say um audiences are confused mm. about where the courage comes in the process. Mm -hmm. Because the courage comes when we're sitting down and we're grappling with our own inner stories and figuring out what needs to be revealed to make the change in the world that we're hoping to make? How much of ourselves do we need to sacrifice to that larger cause? And, and that process of writing and, and rehearsing and getting ready. Then they see the show and they say, oh, that was so brave. Thinking that saying it aloud is the part that takes courage. Oh, that's Absolutely. fascinating. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. And what I love about this is that We've all been to shows where it's pure self-indulgence. And you and and by and by the and by the intermission, you're no Dylan, I'm not speaking of you. <laughs> by the intermission, you're in your car. You got this look on your face. No, I was you, you know what? I was uh, I was editing things that I thought to add to the conversation, but would just feel like attack on individuals that was unnecessary. That's what was going on there. But thank you for knowing me well enough to know that I might. Yeah, there was a, just a, a slight That's little panic hilarious. in the back of your eyes there. Uh, but and I've been to a couple of them where I feel that this person is did not wrestle at all with that quandary of how is this serving the story? How is this serving the overall? You know, if you want to call it 
save the world, change the world, which, you know, is ridiculous and necessary. It's all not at the ridiculous. Same. No. Think grand thoughts. Stop worrying about grandiosity. Think grand thoughts. Do big things. Yes. No. And, and I agree with that. And it's yes and around that. Um, but the, the, the pure self-indulgent thing or, you know, solo shows. Hey, that's therapy. You got to pay me for yes, that shit, man. Totally. Yes. You're working your childhood out on my fucking nickel, man. Exactly. Fuck that. And, and walk it's, it over. And it's not a grapple. There's no grappling inside because it's like more of a vomiting yeah. on stage. Yeah, man. Whereas the grappling is a, a, a huge part of it. You know, yeah. what what is necessary, What is what is true, not just for me, but true with a capital T. Mm-hmm. And that rhymes with P in that. Yes. <laughs> trouble, trouble, trouble. It has to trouble, have a destination. Trouble. It can't just be here I am in the middle of my process and be a show. Right. And uh, when they do that, and they didn't, you know, but the author is, you're not that pained person exactly as described as you take us through the journey. You have a sense of resolution because we're looking to you for answers subconsciously. Right. And if you're well enough to tell the story, I mean, that's what Paul used to say to me. He used to say, remember, you're at the beginning of the show. You're here to let the audience relax enough to say, hey, look, everything worked out. I'm here. Uh-huh. It's okay. Relax. You can go through the pain and suffering with me. That's it. Um, you know, but you have to have the dual perspective all the time. But Rick, you have to be saying it from there. Yes. Yes. You have to say it from both. You have to be able to be the, the witness person who's taking the people on the ride and then the six-year-old girl my father always said if you want to cry sit in the audience Mm -hmm. that's their job beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah spoken like a true playwright yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. uh so rick where's a moment in your life when uh you really had to call on some courage Uh, when i broke up with the team and be a solo comic oh no roger to my left you know, first few shows, my head just crank and look back. And, oh, shit. It's gone. And and what was the tipping point for you in making that decision? Like, what did you have to be willing to walk through in order to break up with him? And Well, a lot of changes there. Personal, daily, interactive things with your friends and family. And everyone, mm. what happened with you two? You were so perfect. Oh, my God. I love the way you two worked on stage. You're going to have to give up all of that. A lot of disappointment from people that don't know the whole dynamic, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you get, that's, that is, and it hits family detachment and abandonment stuff inside your head, you yep. know? And so you have to embrace uh, the possibility that you can have them all say that and either come back or not. Yes. And the or not part is the most frightening part of all. I may lose you and it has to be okay without you. Mm. Rather than I'll ditch everything on the remote to keep you. Yep. And so I did it and it was improv that got me out of it. Mm. Improv saved my ass. Yes, ending my way out of that situation got me out of it because people like improv and I started to get supplemental approval on improv. And it is about approval. Let's not play a game. Yeah, for sure. It is every comedian wants the big faceless Trader Joe's bulk smashing scoop of approval without having to know all the names, you know? Yes, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How much is that? It's five ninety nine a pound. A pound, yeah. Get on the scale. Sometimes, sometimes they give it out in little samples. Yes. Yeah, oh, they do. That's my favorite oh, part the of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A small cup drink. of courage at Trader Joe's. That's yeah, great. Right. <laughs> oh, I love that commercial. Yeah. In yeah. cinnamon. Not a great courage, but... Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. The other cup of courage. Although they have that section, if you'd like. Well, they, they 
Boy, at least ever. an aisle or two yes, of drunken least. courage drunk section courage at Trader Joe's. Right. And, and what I'm hearing in that, the courage part of that is that there's a, um, there's a way in which we are uh, aligned with, with one set of things like, oh, I don't want to disappoint these people, but there's something bigger calling us where we're willing to disappoint people because I have to pay attention to this thing over here. It's it. It's bigger than all of us. Yeah. It just yeah. grabbed me this time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Fiona, what about you? What about for you? What in your personal or professional life, act of courage that... Um, I'm, I'm courageous on a daily basis, Kelly. I know you are. You came um, here today. Really? <laughs> and you sat at this table. I got on the 405 at 8.30 a.m. <laughs> 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 I can speak to courage, lady. <laughs> right. Um, I think... Uh, <laughs> That's my favorite phrase, by the way. Right. 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 I barely so, tolerate your existence When I'm in Scotland, planet, the whole time I'm, I'm in Scotland, on. all I say to people is, Right. right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> mean, it is, it is my right. favorite thing. Right. Um, <laughs> I think uh, there have been many. Uh, my uh, experience, uh, I'm going to go a little bit Oprah on you. Please go my Oprah. Please. We go Oprah here. Okay. So, my experience uh, of my childhood meant that I had to abdicate, uh, you know, my, my own personality mm -hmm. in order to keep the woman in charge, i.e., my mother, to keep her from going into the icy paranoia that she would go into. So I didn't know anything anything else. So much of my life has been learning how to get back into the driving seat and not to stop abdicating myself. So I had a series of relationships where I actually wasn't present at all. Yeah. But they were pretty, you know, they were attractive. Are and you the youngest? Middle. Middle. Well, middle, yeah, there was another child. I'm actually the second, but there was another child from the second marriage. So your mom wasn't the youngest? My mom wasn't. I'm sorry, I don't know why that... <laughs> no, no, that's good. I, I no, love that is, that is good. I'm a that contrarian is good. at heart. I think one of my greatest moments of courage, if you're going to really isolate one, was when I was a missionary in wow. um, Honduras. And, um, wow. It's probably that's the, for real. Just that sentence alone. It's, it's probably why they're all leaving now. But, um, <laughs> well, I'll see you guys next time. <laughs> That's my hat, Cal, yeah. you can have it. <laughs> yeah, I go through drive-thru. I joined if Fiona's not here anymore, we're leaving. We're going to walk 5,000 miles now Where to get is back Fiona? to Fiona. Have you right. seen Fiona? I hear she's in California. I hear she's in California. <laughs> 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 oh, we're Tell horrible. The story in we're Spanish. all horrible please, people. Please go on. Go okay. on, please. So I, I, I heard about this organization, and I heard that they... I had become a born again Christian when I was fifteen mm. because it was just unfriendly at home, and thought, they were more I friendly. You were like converting people to lesbianism. I imagined a whole different kind of missionary going on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What, no, you're on the right track. Oh God. You're on the right track. But um, so I joined this organization because I heard that they were the most proficient at uh, helping people to uh, Christians to um, you know to to be straight. Hear the good. Oh, to be. Oh, yeah. So I went there wow. at, at 27, and what happened was I, uh, it was also a performing arts school, and I had auditioned, and I got the role of Satan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and This is we, turning into a mythological chant. This is hilarious. And we traveled, we traveled uh, through Canada and America, and then finally Honduras. 
So um, you're spreading the word of Jesus through these theater productions. Yeah. Okay. Satan. Yeah, that's right. And then you're playing the role Gospel. of Satan. I was playing the role of Satan. Right. During that tour, I fell in love with the girl who was playing the part of the Virgin Mary. Of course you did! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. a novel. This, this is, is part fantastic. of her show. Absolutely. And the courage it took mm. to uh, go, I mean, I, as always, I always confessed everywhere I went. I mm. said, I'm really worried. I think I might be attracted to, I mean, I'd kind of given up at that point a little bit. Mm. Uh, but I, I, the courage it took to conduct a clandestine affair whilst being a missionary wow. and preaching in maximum, maximum security prisons and... Um, you know, and to have those two realities uh, juxtaposed, knowing that we were going to hell, yes, knowing that you know eternal salvation was gone, but we were having a lovely, lovely time today <laughs> and here and now. <laughs> yeah, and just facing that—that that, what do I? You know, yeah, that was terrifying. Well, yeah, I mean, just all of—I mean, a eternal damnation. Yeah, that's not be cool. the shame of the people around you. I mean, like mm -hmm. the whole, like just piling on and piling on. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I once wanted, again, the passion of the heart right. wins out. Yeah. My ambition was to be Catherine Coleman. Have you heard of Catherine Coleman? Oh, sure. Yeah. I wanted to be her. And the whole, my plan had gone dreadfully wrong. Oh, I think you need to do your version of her now. Of Catherine Coleman. Yeah. Like not, not be the Christian missionary part, no. but just do... Do whatever it is you want to talk about. Right. You still get to be her. Right. Yeah. I, I died. Yeah. I died. <laughs> <laughs> she used to be on the local news, on the she? local TV oh here. Oh, my God. I was yeah. obsessed with her. Yeah. Yeah. She was Ooh. a minister, uh, mm -hmm. evangelical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's the ceiling. Nothing, not coming down. It's just breathing. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I just had powers like in the movie, The Fury. That's, well, that's a deep cut for anyone. That, <laughs> I don't remember the Kurt theory. Douglas weird Amy Irving film. Oh, yeah. First film with Daryl Hannah ever appeared in, apparently. Wow. But uh, yeah, Andrew, what the hell? I don't remember his name. Uh, Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber was the lead <laughs> I was going to say Golden Hirsch. I want to buy your book because <laughs> I just feel like I had the cover of it in my head. She was a missionary and playing Satan. Satan. Fell in love with the beautiful girl in the <gasps> choir. Yes, it's a romance novel. I just novel. have that romance novel with the hair yes. going back, but still someone in the back in the dark shadow with the Satan thing. Ooh, let's do a graphic <laughs> novel, awesome. romance novel like about it. this story. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Why are you reading that in the bathroom? So, uh, so uh, have you ever finished that book? I'm stuck on a chapter three. <laughs> Sorry. God almighty. Next. <laughs> oh, Dylan. The spine is broken halfway through. And then the rest just, just pristine. 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 Just that, pristine. that one wide fold-out shot of Satan right. and Mary <laughs> engaged in their, their clandestine field affair. They're just talking. Just like the Bible, they read three pages and think they know it in there. That's right. That's right. I'm going out to the mall. Yeah, well, you know well, what Jesus said. You know. Well, you know. Why does Mary have her feet in Satan's lap? I don't understand this. I don't. Why question a thing of beauty? <laughs> For she stood upon Satan, <laughs> and Satan sank into the sofa, and there was consternation and gnashing of teeth, and then, gnashing of three goddamn teeth. Then was intermission. 
<laughs> we got a snack. Get a snack. Come on back for more Satan. <laughs> Can I borrow it when you're done? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Come you're for the cool. Virgin Mary. Stay for the Satan sex. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. It's your life. We didn't, it's not, it's not a reflection at all. You should write it, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. I'll start. You're much funny of you, I, I always tend to write only, only here at the oh. Octagon. <laughs> we need to have you more often. I come by. Like just to, once I a day, you can come by. Do a little writing. Ooh. A transcriber. Yeah, we like just, we'll just follow you around with a recorder. It's all we need to do. It's all we need to do. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I needed that laugh. That was good. Uh, Dylan, a uh, moment of courage. Hey, they're all things that I recognize in retrospect. There's yes. never been a moment where I go, well, no, I'm going to be courageous. And in fact, as a child, all I hoped for was opportunities to be courageous. And then, you know, you wouldn't, they don't come up oh, that's when you're so looking for them, you interesting. know. Uh, what were some of your child fantasies of being courageous? Well, I, there were, I would, I would stand up against the bullies of my youth mm. and I would, uh, and I would be so witty that they wouldn't hit me anymore. Um, I, I had I had a superhero costume that I wore under my clothes to school, schwitzed through classes, uh, just on the chance that there might be you know a supervillain uh, attacking the school. Never happened, and instead I just overheated and dehydrated. And, and oh, gym today! Oh crap! I'm gonna have to figure out how to get out of this without the gym, people seeing that I have a hidden cape. Yes, um, you have to get. The tall locker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Not the little square so, I, there was always Hey, this... you don't have a hunchback. <laughs> exactly. What the hell was that? <laughs> um, uh, so there was this dream of... I, but recently I've been aware of things ha as, as I'm changing and evolving and altering the way I function in the universe. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of aware of things in a different way. And... Um, the the last... Pro I, as you may or may not know, I just directed a terrible movie. Um... <laughs> You did not just direct uh, a terrible movie. I, it's well, you're wonderful. right. I directed and produced a terrible movie. I, um, oh, no. um, uh, but, but it was a huge act of courage for me in many ways. Absolutely. Only some of which I was aware of while I was doing it. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, my dad taught me film critique when I was a kid and, mm. uh, and is a playwright and is an academician. And I've only recently realized how much he protected himself from the anxiety of a creative career. By, by becoming an academician. An academician. Yep. Mm. Um, and he always spoke in his classes and to his students and to me about taking risk with your craft and taking risk with your art and the importance of risk and, and uh, willingness to fail. Yes. And with this movie... In which, in many ways, I succeeded, but I will continue to describe it as a terrible movie that I made. Um, with this project, I risked huge failure. Yes. Um, and accomplished it. So, wait, what? Um, but Well, there I is realized, something about the importance of failing big. Only after I did it, when my dad looked at it mm -hmm. and said, I don't know what to tell you about this, Dylan, um, did I realize that he was embarrassed. Hmm. That there's a level of him that would never allow such a thing to go out into the, the vulnerability world of that because it shows failure. Yeah. It shows it flaw. Shows, it, it's deeply flawed. This this film, um, and it may find a home, and some people are enjoying it. And I don't mean to demin diminish or demean the the pleasure they take in my work. Why would I do that? Um, but uh, but in making this thing, mm -hmm. I took risk that I 
have been discouraged from taking throughout my life. Yes. Without knowing I was being discouraged from taking it. Yes. And afterwards went, oh, that I can see how there's courage in that. And now with the next one, there's a new level of it that I'm needing to step up. Because I made that on no money. Well, and it's like, you know, I think the moment you do an act of courage, something like this, and whether it's successful or failed or does not matter, but the act itself, it like expands your universe immediately. And now you live in a bigger world. I I didn't realize how it had changed things until I made calls and said, hi, this is Dylan Brody. I just directed my first film. I'm looking for money for the second one. And people put me through to the person behind the desk. Right. Nice. Because I'm not just Dylan Brody. Where are you calling from? My my home. <laughs> it's, I'm calling from Active Voice Productions. What is it about? It's about my sophomore directing project. Let me put you through. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly there's a shift in who I am in the world. And, and inside. And and inside. Yeah. And now what I'm facing is this new thing that I didn't realize was requiring courage until I made 30 calls last Monday, mm-hmm. in each of which at some point I said, I'm looking for $5 million for my next film. Yep. Which a year ago would have been just, I, I would have stammered through the words <laughs> yes. just to say that I was looking for that kind of money for a pro- And it would have felt like I was asking permission from someone to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, I've got a partner and I'm looking for a third partner who's going to come in with the money so we can make this. And so the act of courage, by doing the act of courage, gives us more courage. Absolutely. And... Uh, allows us to shed more than giving us more courage. It allows us to shed layers of terror. Mm. Yeah. Cause it either, if it works, you got proof it works. And if it didn't work, you got proof you survived it. Yeah, exactly. And then you get some resiliency and resiliency, I think bit. is really yeah. important because it lets you know that you're going to survive. Yeah. It's not going to go perfect. Got to brace for all kinds yeah. of spills. It helps to wear a costume under my clothes. Well, I know that too. <laughs> still got it on. Right? We still, oh, yeah. we want to see it later. <laughs> <laughs> At least just the tights. <laughs> I wore a sword in college. That As takes courage. Sure that does not surprise me. I felt the t-shirt that said I have phallic insecurity was over the top. <laughs> uh, <laughs> foil. Did you really no, wear a sword? Uh, 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 was it an epi? Oh, it, was a, it was kind of a, it was that? an epi blade epi. on a stage rapier. I'm so I just jealous. know that from crossword. I would love. Was it, it a carry? You, could, you can carry a sword now. Oh, I would not have been. That would have taken courage. Uh, uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> to carry a sword. The, the, oh God! Uh, get I a katana. Princess Bride. I love the katana. Yes, I went to school with yeah. He and I sword fought. On I a, think you in mentioned a show. When William Goldman him. just died. I know. And he wrote Princess Bride. It always oh, makes wow. me sad yes. when William Goldman dies. Uh, what about you, Mr. Bono? I got a perm in, in college. Oh, so nice. Amazing. <laughs> that right is the most courageous <laughs> act of her life. Holy shit. Uh, my, awesome. And it was a little bit of like, it was a little bit. <laughs> Mike uh, Brady. The, <laughs> the, uh, uh, uh. My dad had the Italian hair, the uh-huh. curly hair. Uh-huh. And so, uh, it was tight curls. And so, I was the straight haired kid with the, you know, and his hair was you black. Got mom's and hair. I got I mom's hair and all this shit. And at one point I was like, I'm in college now. This is, I can be I'm weird. I'm reinvent myself. Oh, I had like rain, I had rainbow suspenders. <laughs> so good. And f- army fatigues. And then <laughs> a, oh. a curly freaking head of brown hair. Like, wow. hi. Oh, wow. I don't know who I am. <laughs> who are you people? <laughs> You're from Iran? Wow, college is weird. 
<laughs> yeah, so that was one. Uh, I would have been friends with courage. you. Oh my god, I would have told him so <laughs> ridiculous. I would have encouraged you to grow the hair out more and then teach painting. I mean, Dude, I would have done. Bob Ross. I'll do it. I'll do, do it, it Bob again. Ross with Bob, I will, Bonzo Ross. I will do it again. Oh my god. But I'm think, like thinking of ideas for people. You need to do your own Bob Ross YouTube uh, show. I, like I totally. I think you're right. I, yeah. think, yeah. I think you're right. Like as you just like doing help. Yes. Like and now we're going to do some little trees over Well, here. just to let the audience know uh, uh, from uh, like from perm, you have that image of like just hair that way. Rainbow to, suspenders too. Well, don't suspend put rainbow suspenders because I liked Robin Williams. And it's like, mm. I can do what he does. He's nothing. Because what he did was mostly about the suspenders. Always. Yeah, it's all the yes. suspenders. <laughs> was, you know. That Obviously. was before. Oh, another suspender act, please. Yeah, suspender act. Where do I sign up for the cash? <laughs> but uh, uh, just a, just a visual. The uh, a, a mutual friend, Chris Penna, came by the other day mm-hmm. and asked me if I uh, where I got my haircut uh, in prison. <laughs> So did you get your most recent haircut from a prison barber? So um, the barber one. Uh, so there. Well, it's always good, Chris. Bring out the visual jokes on radio. And it's not even radio. That's how old I am. Um, uh, the other courage, to, uh, courageous. I mean, like I did actually get confronted one time on a film shoot. In the old days, you had to use a Thomas guide. They call it very wow. thick uh, to drive around. I remember those? So Part of my little courageous thing that was. Um, some level idiocy was getting like renting a giant U-Haul when I had I got in a, a feature a, a, a movie of the week with Brian Dennehy back in Texas no wow. yeah it was cool Cloris Leachman was on the set nice. she came up and she goes stop smoking so thank you Cloris she did that to everyone she's awesome and she was a doll uh, nonetheless Ed Asner is Ed enamored Asner. of her ass just, go ahead oh, who wouldn't be <laughs> but uh, um, I got made enough dough to come out here to ah. Los Angeles and finally make this trip and I had to look up my look at my family and see if they were cool right or is everybody okay because I'm the firstborn and maybe and they, I'm they leaving need the homestead and I'm leaving the fucking homestead mm-hmm. but it's the perfect mm-hmm. time and if I don't do it now yep. it's, I'm gonna be a hundred and nothing will happen so mm-hmm. I I um I left mm. and got the U-Haul and then drove across country and I think courage for a Texas person traveling or anyone from that side of the coast <laughs> is going through Texas to El Paso because there's nothing. I mean, there's literally nothing. <laughs> you know what, one of my favorite things? Yeah, nothing. UFOs. Ooh. I love spaceships and stuff and reading about it. Like, oh, and it's flowed down in the thing and people had burns from the acid weird stuff from the, oh, neat. And then you're in El Paso for like three hours with nothing to the right and left of you, it seems. <laughs> At night. Oh. And then it's like, oh, now I understand why those books instill fear. <laughs> those UFO books. Because yeah, that's, that's where they Because you're them. in the middle that's, of nowhere. That's where they get them. I hope we'll make Never it to Never been El Paso. Sounds like a show. So you were not probed. You made it to LA. Oh, and the other thing was doing stand-up. Because I was in an improv group. I had left a, a, a kind of a vaudeville performance group that was a a staple in Texas. Vaudeville, how old are you? Green red buttons. That's wonderful. We did, it's a soft shoe. Because uh, no one could afford I, hard shoes. I understand shoe. he didn't get a dinner. Ridiculous. <laughs> So, anyway, I had to stand. I, I was hired to open a show, a professional stand up show, um, 
because my girlfriend worked at this place and part was could book the locals and they wanted me to come in and do characters like I did downtown at this other show and all my friends were doing stand-up so I decided and I'm going to learn how to do stand-up professionally in two weeks <laughs> or maybe three it would awesome so I went up there and had the the typical quintessential written about uh-huh. set where I performed <laughs> Did my little brought my guitar out, said mm-hmm. this joke, and then nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Wait, did you still have a perm? No, 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 no. <laughs> I had, well, that was the problem. You didn't I have da- a perm from perm. Oh, to ra- then you forgot. I dated Wait, a lot. were you wearing rainbow suspenders no for more. the stand up? No, 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 no. See, this is wrong. why you no, didn't no, get. I just went laughs. to the black jacket, man. <laughs> black jacket and jeans. Mm. No, uh, but I had that quiet moment. And heard a cough, literally heard a cough <laughs> at the perfect time like it was filmed. Yes. And then a bead of sweat. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like, that's what da 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 Nothing. <laughs> sweat. <laughs> and I had to, I had to listen to that tape oh. the night after because. You didn't I, have to. I, as, again, like you were saying, like you were saying about that thing from within, within you that's, uh-huh. that you do, mm-hmm. like even driving over to this town, like, <laughs> I'm dumb. You know, that's what it felt like. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea that in three months, all the stuff I put in storage will be taken by the storage company because I'm broke again. <laughs> so what did you do in that moment when it was silence? <clears throat> Kept, going, kept forth with the other bad jokes. Ah. Just kept saying them and went, thank you. And then emceed. <laughs> uh, That's the worst. And then was told, uh, and then did it again the next night. Ah. Same and material? then I was told, I, I tried to do it, but more of a smile. <laughs> Damn. And then I was told by the management, like, by my, the girlfriend is like, what are you doing? Like, we go, you know it's bad when the, the characters, yeah. right? So I did the uh, green grocer uh, as Bob Ross, a painting with food. Nice. <laughs> that was what I came, I came up with some shit and did it, like in some of the stuff from, and it would went great, went yeah. great. But I had to listen to those silences wow. at home and and just face that. Oh, this is not working. I've got it. Whatever, and that's what. But you learned from I it. I learned, and every every bold. Step into the unknown has yes. led to knowledge or something well, furthering me or meeting more wonderful people. And, and and I think that's ultimately, you know, what courage is, is this facing of the unknown. I mean, we only, this conscious mind can only handle so much and only know so much. And, and we have so many stories and ideas of what we think is going to happen. I have this great... <clears throat> New Yorker cartoon. Once again, I'm going to do a visual joke Please. for the radio people, where there's a person with a two bar graphs, you know, with the big, uh, you know, big bar graphs, right? And one says, uh, huge bar graph goes all the way to the top, and it says uh, things I believe will happen, bad things that I believe will happen, and then the next bar graph, it's like only about an inch high, and it says things that bad things that actually happen. <laughs> right. And 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 I think that's part of it too, is that we have this, especially when it's not physical courage, when it's more of this risking, and and helping ourselves kind of evolve and move forward, whether in our personal life or our art or whatever it is. It's that unknown thing. It's that big unknown thing that we all need uh, the cape on to get. And I don't mean a small bird. After Aaron, 
after Aaron, I remind me to tell you about stopping muggings and stuff that I've done in the last okay. few years. None of which felt courageous at all. Okay, I like the bar graph. It reminded me of guns and butter. I don't know what. So, it's, it's, what? Economics are like guns and butter. <laughs> oh, guns and butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> sure, sure. <Yes>. Anyway, <laughs> ridiculous. So, Aaron, in your life, what? Yeah. What's? I never got a perm. Was that a courageous <laughs> act? <laughs> I think it's courageous because you should try one. Yeah, maybe. What's the, what's the what do you think is one of the like for you like you really either uh, with hindsight see it as courageous or like in the middle of it you were like wow I'm gonna have to muster some fucking courage here. Yeah, well, other than uh, being the Virgin Mary in my Christmas pageant in eighth grade. <laughs> oh. oh. I, I can feel the sexual tension across there the table here. Oh. You know, we'll talk after Fiona. Um, you know, Praise I the think, Lord. Well, there's a few. I think uh, some of it is like, was it courage or foolishness? Uh-huh. You know, um, like I jumped off a bridge. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Wait, did you have things attached to your feet? I did. I was okay, in good. Ecuador. <laughs> it was in Quito. And it was... I. I I was out there and I was living there for like a summer and uh, there's like these two dudes on the side of a bridge. It wasn't like, you know, Six Flags legit. <laughs> it was like two guys, a cord. They made me sign a paper. Oh, oh no, good. two guys and, and a cord. And, and, <laughs> right? Two uh, guys. Wait, is, that's a YouTube video, right? Cord, <laughs> a production company. Uh, in, and in all my valley. friends were doing it and like we literally were going to get t-shirts that made if all your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you? Hell yeah. <laughs> for serious. For serious. So it was for the t-shirts. So it was totally for the t-shirts. <laughs> shirt which never got made but I'm here and I survived and it was awesome um so yeah that was foolish and crazy and uh I would probably do it again um moving to LA for sure Uh was was courageous and I think um the most courageous stuff is being out of my out of the safety zone Mm -hmm. you know like there's all these different paths. I mean, we all have options, different paths we could take. But it was like I'm from a more conservative background. Traditional. Traditional, mm-hmm. like worked in corporate America and then like quit that job. Always wanted to move here. And then I'd say in the last decade, breaking up with a guy was mm. the most courageous yeah. thing I did. It I can sucked relate to that. ass. Yeah, I can mm. relate. It was the worst. <laughs> and it was this thing, like we were together for like eight years and – uh <clears throat> I knew how to do it. Like yeah. I knew for a really long time and it was hard to walk away because he was really awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, it just, that particular moment, it was like, I wanted to want to love him the way he loved me. And I couldn't force my heart to do that. Yeah. You, know? you just like, can't. He treats you like royalty. I'm like, yeah, but I'd be settling to be royalty, you know, like, and it just, whatever it, it wasn't in my heart and yeah. it was really hard. And, it might sound like a small thing on the grand scale. No, of, it's huge. Of, of life, but it's relationship courage is huge. Big time. I think being in a relationship, starting one takes courage, figuring out how to navigate inside of it, how to keep your truth alive inside of a relationship as time goes by is is huge. And then how to, you know, like whether it be ending it or changing you know, kind of the, the the rules of a relationship. That's terrifying. It's the most vulnerable thing I think any of us can do. For mm-hmm. me, it's way more courageous, I think, to be able to speak truth to someone you're intimate with and close with that you need to, like, kind of figure something out than getting on a stage for me. Yeah. I, I take the stage any day of me the too. week over I the intimacy. I go on stage and say all the things that I'm afraid to say to my wife. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like intimacy. 
that's that's courage. Mm-hmm. That's re- and that's that's There's terrifying. There's a comfort bubble. Yeah. And you break the bubble, and you kind of like everyone likes the bubble because they mostly see their own reflection inside the bubble, and that's their comfort is what I think is the universe because that's all I'm looking out at, you know. Mm-hmm. And then to break the rules is to pop that bubble. Yep. And you're wondering if the bubble is the only thing holding the two of you together because you're both stuck in that bubble. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. those difficult conversations. And RK is like it was a lot. A lot of it was there's a distance between us, and I used to joke like the distance is keeping us together. <laughs> yeah, which it probably Do you know was. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, growing fonder, huh? Yeah, yeah just like could go on and on and on and on. Yeah, and then it was going to be like over, but then it'll be back. It was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, I I really I I think that is it's you know I I in my own life. <clears throat> that's always been for me the most difficult thing. Well, speaking truth to my, you know, my parents or letting my parents know what I was really thinking or feeling. Yeah. Like that, moving to LA, my dad was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was cool, actually. Everyone else was like, oh my God, are you going to tell your dad? I was like, by the time I got to him, he was like, yeah. <laughs> well, see, he that's was the so most chill. Because he saw it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was right. like all those years before that were like, what are you doing? You're doing the craziest business ever. Like, you, they don't pay you anything, you know. I like your dad impression. He's the best. <laughs> He's what you doing? You could be running Goldman Sachs, you know, like, I mean, it was hardcore. And I was like, will you love me more if I'm a lawyer? Um, it was a lot, man. <laughs> Literally. Please, All right, sir. I love your character. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, he was chill at that point. Yeah, being who we are in front of our parents takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. And I and I I think what you were saying earlier, like it's an unfolding throughout our whole lives this mm. taking off the persona that we think we're supposed to be for first our parents, then the culture, whatever it is. That's it's like a you know, a daily act of courage mm-hmm. to reveal more and more of our hearts of who we really are. Um, I, I wanted to touch on the term moral courage because it seems to be lacking a bit these days in the world. Uh-uh. And um, I just want to kind of broaden this conversation a little bit out to within our own selves, our own grasp, grappling with moral courage to do the thing that's right and and when we say that some people don't have moral courage and we point a finger at them, is that true or are we just projecting our version of morality on them? And, uh, you know, this is something I, I grapple with all the time is, am I just projecting my own standards and ethics on someone else? Or So let's talk a little bit about the bottom line of moral courage and, and where it comes from and, and what the fuck is it about? One of the difficulties, I think, about moral courage is that it is very easy to develop blind spots mm-hmm. without knowing that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an essay. I wrote an essay for an event uh, a couple of months ago about uh, – there's a quotation, and it's not Voltaire. So uh, of, of the other billions of people who have lived, it's one of them. Right. Um <laughs> It, uh, Thanks for narrowing that down. To, uh, <laughs> to know who controls you, you have to know who you're not allowed to criticize. Ah, oh, and wow. Um, and I was thinking was that Henry about Kissinger. It. No, no, it was not. Uh, was b- it about, Papa Smurf? Yes. Oh, I yes, knew it was oh, Papa sweet. Smurf. Yeah, it was Papa Smurf uh, doing his one-man show as Henry Kissinger. 
Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> it, it, it ran for it ran for four years at the Animated Playhouse. <laughs> animated Playhouse. Uh, uh, Gargamel was the opener. It, 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 were you you were the opener nope. for the first two and a half years, I believe, uh, and then okay. and then uh, they they later uh, had to uh, say that quote again, though. Uh, yes. To know who controls you, see who you are not allowed to criticize. Oh, wow. And I realized that in the U.S., in current times, and this is where blind spots happen. Yes. Um, I was struggling because I wanted to go after, in this particular essay, I wanted to go after somebody that you're not allowed to criticize. Mm. And the only thing that I could find is the armed forces. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed. Right. Um, any attack on warriorism, any attack on militarism, any attack sacrifice on the, for your country. It's it's all all has to be filtered through uh gratitude for our volunteer troops who fight for our freedom. Right. Um and they get to board the plane first. Um and it's like all this deference and fetishism of the military. Mm-hmm. We can make fun of the president all we want. We can make fun of the pope all we want. We can make fun of all these figures of authority. We can make fun of our parents. We can make fun of our siblings and our spice. That's the plural of spouse. Um, spice. But we... Oh. we uh, <laughs> learned but something new today. I made it up. It's all not, the spice it's girls not, were married. Um, but we're new. not allowed to criticize the military under any circumstances. And... <laughs> If we if somebody on the right in particular wishes to shoot down any argument from the left, yes, they tie it to an attack on the military. Yep, hmm. uh, which has made the left become more and more pro armed forces military yes, over the last twenty years. Because for we're sure. not a, that, and that tells us right. who controls us. Yes. So the military controls us. The military and the gun manufacturers control us at this point. Right. Um, We're always looking to rehabilitate the old presidents to bring them on again now. The Bushes are back and hotter than ever. That's right. That's right, because and and they ought to lose one to get back. And all the (laughs) and all the 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 malfeasance is glossed over. Yeah, the hagiography going on because they supported the. They they reinstated the perpetual war footing of the U.S. after right. it started to falter, um, and most of the people in politics, which I think is where you're looking when you start to say there's this failure of moral. Yes, it's where, it's where I'm aiming at right now. Uh, um, people in politics are so blinded by this kind of thing because they have a job to do. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with what we imagine their job. Their job is. is to raise money so that they can get elected in the next election. Yeah, that's their only um, job. Yeah. And their job is to maintain popular support for sort of generic points of view that resonate more with their party than their, the other. Right. So that, whatever that list is for each so side, so that status quo may be generally maintained. Right. Um, we can't criticize capitalism. Right. Um. Uh, because there was for so long a deliberate conflation of communism, socialism, and totalitarianism that most people in America can't parse the difference. Right. Between an economic theory versus a well, those are fascist. All, yeah. Yeah. Or an economic Between theory. Hitler versus and Canada. Versus, <laughs> right. There you go. Right. Nice. Jeez. Yeah. Um, between a, 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 a. Show me the Canada. Between an economic structure and a governmental structure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, so I also I feel that though, like the moral courage, and I I love that I love that this is such an interesting 
just that quote just blows my mind. And then looking at the looking at it, it like might be equals Orwell. I don't think it's Orwell, but it might be Orwell. the military thing. And it and it you know because you know and because security is you know it's the bottom of the Maslow pyramid. It's the first chakra. You know, security is the most important thing. If you're not secure, you get nothing after that. But security that. is not the same thing as safety. Right. Absolutely. But but there is a but 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 there is a Venn diagram overlapping of them for sure. This brings us to martial arts. <sighs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> don't choke us all out, Dylan. Yes. I don't mean to. Okay. But, okay. but I want to get back to moral courage before we go into martial arts. Okay. I'd like to go with moral courage. Yes. Give me a, give me a shot gonna, of your... This is 11. taking moral courage right now. Last night I was watching the Ingraham angle. That takes moral... Well, that just takes courage. And maybe she it just was, takes vodka. She was, <laughs> she was interviewing Jeremy Corbyn. And oh, Jeremy Corbyn I, is... He's the very, very left, left... Uh, sorry. Yeah. Left, left man. He's in, the... What is that... Party? Labor? Labor. Yeah. Thank you. Very uh, nationalist. Oh, a, a left nationalist. Yeah. Okay. So um, he, uh, they were talking, and here's the, here's the thing you cannot criticize is uh, immigration. I think that, you see, they were talking about, well, well uh, do we just open the borders? Yes. To everybody? Yes. Okay. And um, and I'm going to have some moral courage now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I saw what happened to the national health system in the UK. Right. It's buckling. From everyone using it. Yeah. And um, So I'm, are you a pro-Brexit? Not at all, no. Oh, okay. I'm not at all. Um, and uh, so I, and I don't know enough to be able to speak with any authority to about solve this. this, but I just I just know then when people say, "Oh, you know, let everybody in." Well, mm -hmm. when they're living in your garden or they're living, and I'm going to get, I will never, you never invite me back. <laughs> no, no, I love but, this. This um, is great. No, I want to hear when the, lots of points of view. When you go to the doctor, uh huh, and you can't get an appointment, or you know that you're there just isn't enough money to go so around. So the, the flood of human, the flood of humanity. Broke the system. Uh, I think that, so. the system that was in place yes. beforehand. Yeah, I mean it's still going. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, no, but I know. It's I know. I know. And the other is, thing is, I know what this about is part of Brexit too? With, why people with climate change, there will be mass. Oh yeah, migration. It's done. So it's, we're fucked. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, I that's the thing. Things we, are going to get changed no matter what we do now. Yeah, they are. weather's going to change the poker game. It's going to change everything. You're going to see things that you thought were always going to be the same your whole life. Mm -hmm. They have to change now. And every comfort will be shattered. And I think we must have the, the moral courage to stand by our beliefs about the, the shared humanity. But the problem is, this is going to bring about the rise of fascism. Right, because Possibly. people will because say... It, it, what's happening right. everywhere... It'll be in reaction to it. There's a reaction. Yes. And everybody's saying... Close the doors, you know, you know, protect protectionism. Right. Wants to protect. and, and, and here's the thing about systems like that, and we'll get back to moral courage in a second, is that um, the flood of humanity came in. The system that was in existence couldn't handle it because it was a closed system before. And whenever you turn a closed system into an open system, chaos happens. Mm -hmm. And then there's a chaos, chaos, chaos. And then from chaos, two things can happen. Either it dies, the system, or it has, this is the bifurcation point of chaos theory, or it reorganizes into a higher level of organization. Mm -hmm. And that's what we hope for the that's planet. The hope. That's it, the hope. 
Yeah, that's the yeah. hope. And and I think where moral courage comes in for all of this <clears throat> is that um and I and I think it's I think it's a great thing that I think everything should be on the table to be able to be talked mm-hmm. about, whether it's the military or understanding the pain of open borders or whatever Religion, it whatever. Reli- yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And and this is, you know, one issue that the left has is that the left has a lot of rules about what's allowed to be talked about yeah. and what isn't, mm-hmm. um, even more so than the right. And the rights it used to be about God um, and capitalism. Um, and it still is on some level. So we all have our little places that we can't go. But the moral courage that it's going to take to to trust in that we need to do things differently because climate catastrophe. We got 10 years. Yeah. It's happening. Everything everything other than that is semantics. Right. And everything else is right. kind of, is kind of right. An issue of like, well, it's all going to change anyway. So why don't we have the bigger conversation? Mm-hmm. And And I'm wondering about. For like this thing about moral courage, I think for me is always about the comfort of status quo, the comfort of keeping things the way they are, the little bit of control I have, the little bit of power I have in my own personal life or whatever it is, versus the courage to say, this is wrong and we need to do something differently. And how, when our leaders no longer have moral courage, what does that mean for us as citizens, whether we're in a democracy or whatever you call this, a republic, um, semi-democracy, and certainly if you live in the Ninth District of North Carolina, it's no democracy at all. Um, how do we as citizens, besides protesting and yelling and tweeting, <laughs> what's the new level of moral courage By we need? By doing our work and continuing to be actively kind in the smallest and largest mm. ways we yes. can find. Mm. When cruelty is the mode of operation yeah. for uh, the forces of evil, yeah, we can actively defy it with simple kindness. Uh, when, we, when you talk about we can't open the borders because then the health care will be uh, overrun, mm-hmm. but it's still running. And it can be altered to to reach out to more people. It's not that there's no money for it. It's that the money is going elsewhere. We have the money. The military. To, to fight any war that comes <laughs> By the our way. way. The Koch brothers. <laughs> By and, the way, the military. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the money is going to and, the military. Um, yeah. And at a point where I, I have to go back for a moment to World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, when the reactionaries in the U.S., said, we cannot let the Jewish refugees in Mm -hmm. because there might be Nazis hidden amongst them. Mm. And then people said, that's not happening. Nazis are not hanging out in the bag. Well, they're dirty and they carry disease. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're going to ruin our economy and they're going to be a drain. And as a result, thousands and thousands of people were left stranded who could have found safety. Mm -hmm. The caravan that we recently dealt with with and are still dealing with, um, were desperate people. They're climate refugees, ultimately, and they're mm. economic uh, climate refugees. Yeah. And we are saying, for whatever reason, no, they can't come into here because we have to protect our own, and that is more important to us than humanity. Mm-hmm. And That's people the comfort say, bubble. Don't say, don't compare the, the modern American system to Nazi Germany, and yet we're putting people in cages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are concentrating a population in, what are they called, camps. 
<laughs> yeah. um, and once you start doing that, you have to stop pretending that that's not what's happening. And if it means that I have to be hungry on Wednesdays mm-hmm. or mm. that I need to wait longer for a doctor's appointment or that I die at 75 instead of at 90, I am willing to give those things up. I'm willing to make that sacrifice in order to, to be kind to the thousands of right. people who but are hungry and happen. desperate. That has to happen on a, I, I agree with you, and that has to happen on a huge level. And and that's, I think, what will eventually happen. But it's going to be chaos on the way. It will. You know, and you know so, and I, and I just want to put one point here. I think the, the thing about moral courage is that it's about willing to say, the we is more important than the I. Wow, you're Spock. And thank you. As much as they're trying to shut social media down and the internet down from letting out all that other information that the regular media won't give us, mm-hmm. it's coming out. And I think there are enough people out there that have been popcorn popped and w- awakened. We just don't know about them because we don't get those statistics. They don't do a census on it. But I think they are out there. And I think fascism's going to run into a different set of problems than it ever had before when Goebbels controlled all media. Right. And they that don't is have true. The technology is different. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they don't have the, they have their camera angles make it look like they have bigger numbers than they have. Mm-hmm. The inauguration photo of 45 shows what I think is a real demographic wedge. There might be larger groups of people where they do the tortures. They're doing everything to make their number look larger. They're wearing uniforms. They shoot them at low angles. I think they would be swarmed like ants yeah, once and, they try to do anything. And, and I think in the end, I think it's about um, this idea of security that, you know, the, the fear mongering around it makes us feel less safe. And therefore, then we make decisions based on that, the I versus the we. Uh, and so, yeah, it's um, – stay tuned, people. Yeah. It's going to be I'm, fucking oh, yeah. fascinating the yeah. next yes, 10 I'm years. I'm talking as an immigrant. I mean, I've come yeah. here, so, yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah. I surrender. I, I can't – I have no answers. Yeah, I'm no, just, no, I think I – think I'm just a, saying that we need to perhaps be a little bit more uh, understanding of the people who – whatever media they're getting – and they are getting a lot of this terrifying stuff at the border. Yes. But it's real. The terror is real. And therefore, that's what should be addressed. The terror um, is real based on partial narratives for everybody. Mm-hmm. We all get partial narratives. Nobody's getting the full truth because there's nothing that ands you that. I mean, Bill Hicks also, uh, you know, uh, paraphrased Jesus at one point saying, uh, you know, you hear about all the wars, you hear about all this fighting and this craziness and hate and all this sort of stuff. Open your window. <laughs> it's just to look around you. Yeah. There's peace within your your circle. Yeah. You know, that we're walking around there, in that protected there, peace. But those other things going on outside of us, yeah, we have to be clear and aware of them. And I I feel like the the media that are speaking out as well as the comics are incredibly courageous. Mm. I, I, I will ex- express my opinion on Twitter mm-hmm. and just have one of those rage moments from reading the news. Of, as mm-hmm. well. I don't know if you've experienced that. I know I don't know anything about that. And I will write something, <laughs> and then see you know Stephen Colbert and, and Seth Meyers. Both of those guys have got me through this whole thing. Yeah, uh, their writing's fantastic, amazing stuff. But I will still find myself going, "Oh, I'm taking that down. I don't need mm. to. I don't need to." Because oh, I've said it. A whole slew of other people have said it. But then the uh, there are there's a, there there's it's very combative. It's a combative environment. Yeah, so you just want peace in your day instead of like yeah. that, you're yeah. valuing that more than so your opinion out there. So I'll make I'll make some there. art uh, yes. with yes. the voice yes. or 
music or painting or whatever. A kundalini man. Everyone yeah. should just do some kundalini <laughs> yoga. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah Breath of fire, a, baby. Just did a drawing of uh, of Donald Trump uh, at a urinal uh, uh, dangling a pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that's how I'm working through it. <laughs> All right, yeah, you guys. It's hard for an outie to dangle, really. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough to dangle. Not enough gravity All right, to grab. You fine folks, we have solved absolutely everything and nothing once again. <laughs> I'm so proud to be uh, your friends and to be your colleagues and peers, and you all inspire me deeply. And I'm so happy to be alive in this space. Uh, so, uh, as we wrap this up, Rick, where can we find you and your stuff? I got nothing. No, I got, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm on, uh, very proud of this episode of Adam Ruins Everything About the Second Amendment. Oh, great. And nice. I'm the Thanksgiving dad who pro-gun and the and daughter And what's that on, Adam Ruins? Me. True TV. Okay, great. And you can just archive. I've heard about it. the show. I heard it's great. Yeah, it's really smart it's infotainment. Yeah. Yeah, good, really good, amazing. good stuff. And good I'm going to be on Drunk History uh, next year. <gasps> nice. Yay! Oh, I so want to do that show. Yeah, you'd be a great reenactor. Oh my God. I, I want to be drunk. That'd be fun. I want to be drunk oh, and I want to tell a story. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Okay, hang on then. I'm going to put that out to them. I'm going to tell Jeremy, okay? Okay, please do. I will. <laughs> I'll reenact your drunkenness. Oh, please do. <laughs> It'll give me and an Fiona, excuse to drink. Throw me in the beginning. Exactly. I'll take like two sips of vodka and I'm like drunk. I'm such a lightweight. <laughs> I don't think they'll let you do that. I know, I know, I know. No, we got to watch the glass disappear. Oh, I know. my lord. Uh, Fiona, where can people find out uh, about your work? FionaGoodwin.com. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a Twitter thing, which is I don't really do very much. Uh, and I am going to be going to doing two shows in Seattle, February 9th and 12th. I'm going to be in Portland and date to be confirmed, San Francisco, date to be confirmed, then London in uh, July and Edinburgh Festival in the summer. Nice. Wow. nice. Cool. So buy your plane tickets now, people. Yeah. Go to Edinburgh. And find a place to stay. Yeah, really. Get it well now. in advance. Yes. Oh, yeah. Please. Otherwise, you'll be just sleeping on a pile of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and, they rent that. Oh, yeah, they do, actually. <laughs> they do, you're it's like right. 1200 bucks a Reserve week for a pile of rocks. pile of rocks now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe just get bags of trash. It'd be more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And a haggis hat. <laughs> <laughs> and Dylan, what are you up to these days, and where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at dylanbrody.com. You can buy all of my fine words and phrases at uh, the Emporium there. Uh, if you go to uh, activevoiceproductions.com, you can find out all about the productions, the next movie, the work I'm doing, uh, putting together my next solo show, Dylan Brody, The Great Unknown. Oh, great. And uh, if you go to activevoiceproductions slash breathe, you can already get to the breathing exercises for writers that will officially be launched in January. Wow. Ooh, nice. Interesting. I strive to be interesting. Special yeah. breathing for writers. Of talent. Nice. Uh, I don't I like think so. that. I'm looking forward to breathing. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Bono, where can people find your stuff and you? Um, I'm I'm very active right now on Instagram. Mm. And you can find uh, my address there is at Chris Bono Art. Mm -hmm. That's Bono with two N's. Um, Why do you have an extra N, Chris? He's uh, for selfish. For your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need, that is. Take care of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, 
uh, at, at Chris, when you go, I have a website, chrisbono.com, and you can find all of my episodes of Electric Bono Land, a show that I made up out of my mind. Love with Electro Bono Land. Guests. Oh, I love that show. Some really cool, weird, yeah. dumb stuff. It's great. So please enjoy. Please do enjoy. Thank you. And, and there'll Ms. be more. And Miss Erin Brown. Yeah. Um, what you up to? I think I'm going to be doing some more red carpets coming up. Oh, good. You missed your red carpets. No. Well, it is is award season. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You need to go a swag party. Mm -hmm. We need another swag party. All right. All right. So, yeah, YouTube.com, hot red carpet, um, or go to Instagram, hot red carpet, and you will see none of my red carpets, but you'll see me being (laughs) ridiculous. With her darling and your darling nieces and nephews. Oh, man. They're pretty awesome. Cuties. Cuties. And Mr. Logan Heftel, what are you up to these days and where can we find you? LoganHeftel.com, new music, new podcasts. I understand you've got a new EP coming soon, Logan, is that right? I do indeed. Stay tuned for that. Right Mm. on. It doesn't even have a name yet. It's so cool it is. It's still in the embryonic stage. Oh, proud daddy. Oh, and next time Fiona's here, we'll all do our British accents for her. Oh, thank you. You love that, (laughs) don't you? Right. It'll be raw. It's going be so fun. Don't ask me to do an American accent. It's just <laughs> dreadful. It's not really a silly walk after all, then is it? <laughs> I love Joe Cleese. Joe Cleese seems to talk out of this his is mouth my... like this. Very <laughs> tight mouth. That and this is like my it. Camilla. I do Camilla like this, you know. <laughs> hey, I think I lock the corgis. In the Range Rover. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming, Rick. Fiona, Dylan, Chris, what's your name? Aaron. Lucinda. And Logan, thank you so much for sticking all of these cords in the right holes and making it all work. Whoa. That's what she said. Very dirty. She's dangling a It's going to be part of this uh, Satan Virgin Mary graphic novel coming up. <laughs> sticking all the cords in the right holes. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And uh, you all know, of course, that you can support this fine work at patreon.com forward slash Kelly Carlin, where you can find me and all of my fantastic expressions of myself in the many, many forms that happens there. And uh, you guys have a great, great week. And uh, pull some courage out of your ass. The world needs <laughs> it. Yeah. Speak truth to power, people. For serious. Fuck yeah. And and start criticizing those you're not allowed to criticize <laughs> and all that stuff. All right. That's it. Later, people. Bye. Don't fuck me. I'm not in the mood. You better pretend to like whatever I do. Or you'll be sorry. I'll make you pay. Don't fuck with me. I've had a bad day. Wrong side of the bed. Fuck that. I'm pissed. And it's a pretty good bet. Your ass won't be missed. Don't fuck with me. I'm not in the mood. You better pretend to like whatever I do. Or you'll be sorry. I'll make you pay. Don't fuck with me. I've had a bad day. Don't fuck with me. I've had a bad day. Holly!